The following episode of The Walking Dead Podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Audible.com is the premier source of spoken audio information and entertainment on the internet. Choose from their extensive catalog of over 215,000 audio programs from leading audiobook publishers, comedy specials, magazine and newspaper publishers, business information providers, as well as many other products. Audible is also the preeminent provider of spoken word audio podcasts for Apple's iTunes Store. In addition to audio programs from outside publishers, Audible.com introduces Audible Studios. Matching the most imaginative and esteemed authors with the world's best performers, including Academy Award winners, respected stage actors, and Juilliard graduates, Audible Studios produces a diverse catalog of engaging audio ventures for every age. Sign up today for your free, no-obligation trial membership at audibletrial.com forward slash dead. You'll get a free audiobook, and you'll be helping to support The Walking Dead podcast. So head on over to audibletrial.com forward slash dead and start a new adventure today. And now, we're pleased to present the latest episode of The Walking Dead podcast. We always think there's going to be more time. It's the Walking Dead Podcast. Got any advice for me? Yeah, I'd say make a run for it. This is the Walking Dead Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Walking Dead television show on AMC and the Walking Dead comic from Image Comics. Come on, come on! So sit back, relax, and join the herd. Welcome to another episode of The Walking Dead Podcast. I'm Scott. You know, I almost forgot my name there, Gary. You're it's A. Scott. Stein, uh, yeah, a. Scott, yes. It's, it's, Scott. Uh, Scott. <laughs> no, I am Senor Scott. And I'm here with Senor uh, Gary. I am always here. Yeah, aquí. Estás aquí. Estás aquí. Sí. Bien. Paisan. Yes. <laughs> Mixing up our lingos a little bit, but it's yes, okay. Yeah, yeah. grazie. Uh, <laughs> well, we now, uh, now that we've got our international tangent out of the way, that's tangent number 13. Yeah, we've, we've literally had probably 12, 13 tangents before we even started the show, guys. So, get, get them out of the yeah. way. Get them out of the yeah. way. 
Well, I mean, we'll still have a few more. We, we yes, got I know. So, but we are continuing on with the second part of season nine. Yes, this is episode 228. As always, you can leave your comments and feedback by emailing us at twdpodcast at gmail.com or by posting a comment on the Facebook page. You know, I think that that's is. still on Facebook, isn't it? I don't yeah. even check it anymore. You and then for all the, for the, for the gratifyingly diminishing group of people that actually use Facebook, that's <laughs> where our thing is. Yeah, go there. <laughs> yes, but we know that there won't be anybody under the age of 18. <laughs> yeah. Or no, very few. I don't care anymore. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, I asked the question again to one of the group of students. Do any of you use Facebook when you're doing social media? Nope, not one. Wow. Like, I am hopeful for the future. You know what? We have a reason to live. I do. I do. Mark Zuckerberg, kiss my ass. Anyway. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we're just going to dive right into it. This is our recap of Season 9, Episode 14, Scars. Well, you know, I, um, I was, uh, I was looking forward to finding out what happened with the scars. Did you want to know how I get these scars? Yeah, I got these scars. Yeah. <laughs> <My> father. Yeah. <laughs> oh, why so serious, <laughs> Rick? Yeah, Rick. <laughs> yeah, I, I was interested. I, I really have been interested in, in finding out what the backstory is on the scars that both Daryl and Michonne have. Yeah, uh, I was very interested when I saw that Rutina Weasley or Wellesley was playing this character Jocelyn. Mm. Um, you might not remember who that is, but she was she played the character Tara on True Blood. Oh, okay. I knew she was familiar, but I didn't know where from. Yeah, I okay. think it's Rutina Wellesley. But I've only seen a few episodes, but I know what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah, yeah, talk about a show that yeah they should have cut it off about a season <laughs> before they did, sort of like Lost. But I enjoyed it for a lot of the time it was on. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, um, I was encouraged because they had her on there and, and uh, to see what happened there. I must say, I, I expected that that would last a little bit longer yeah. as a plot. I didn't think that it was something that would wrap up in, you know, 20 minutes. And that would Just be the answer. Because answered. it was the flashback part of the episode. Yeah. I kind of assumed it would be over quick, um, but I didn't expect it to be a one episode but it, thing. It, it also seemed that in terms of the time elapsed of what happened, that it was only a couple of hours or an hour or two with considering when they woke up from being knocked out, that it was, uh, it was only a few hours between the time that they woke up and the time that they resolved the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And of course, once again, they use some kind of psychosis that the the bad person is going through that's pro- compelling them to act the way they're acting, and it yeah. all tends, it all of course centers around the I'm making these people strong. So we've got one where you're you're not strong if you accept any help at all. <laughs> you're not strong unless you walk around with the zombies and pretend to be one of them. Excuse yeah. me, the guardians. <laughs> and you're not now. You're not strong unless you're training children to be homicidal maniacs with no feeling. Okay, got it. I'm cool. 
Well, what I really liked about it though was the um, we always talk about it too. They do that a lot. Uh, the duality in the flashback scene and um, the similarities between what's going on in the present day. Uh, both basically her as a mother um, yeah. going after Judith with totally different reasons. Right. Um, but the way they mirrored that and kind of used what was going on in both storylines to enhance the other um, and provide motivation for what was going on in her head, you know, now. Um, and also finally gave us the insight in the scars. I, I thought it was pretty well done. I thought, I, you know, you're, you're, that is an excellent way to frame it. And, and I was cognizant of that. I just didn't think of it in those terms, but yeah, that it all, the, it, I like the way it came together that in fact, that, Judith did remember the whole thing. Yeah. Cause Daryl doesn't think she remembers. And then, you know, it's also, this also answers the question I had been asking of why Michonne went all isolationist. Yes. And you know, it makes perfect sense. That was actually one of my next points too, with the, um, what she had to do to save Judith. You could mm-hmm. tell it, it was taking a huge toll on her, especially as a, a soon to be expectant mother, you know, literally carrying a child, well, um, when, that, when that one kid slashes her stomach. Yeah. And after that, she goes into mama bear rage, <laughs> you know? And, and I'm like, oh, you're, I thought, oh, you guys are dead now. Yeah. Okay, you kids are not. I'm going to bash you in with this pipe. But then even later on, you know, in the, when it's opened up in that bigger area with the more kids there, yeah. um, she's the first kid that tries to come at her. She's like, please don't do this. Like, yeah. like begging the kid not to do this with tears yeah. in her eyes. Like, I, I don't want to do this, but she's like, I will, you know? Yeah. Um, and she does what she needs to do. And uh, the moment with Daryl, once he comes out too, and you, he could tell it affected her, but he's like, I, I understand, you know, and, and they just and, had that moment. And it must be that Daryl really just left and went off on his own right after that. Because when she first saw him a few mm-hmm. episodes ago, and she's like, thank you for, she lo- seemed to be thanking him for the first time for yeah. what happened there at the, at the school where, uh, where uh, she got Judith back. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's the same set where um, what's his name got captured by the cannibals and they ate his leg, Bob. Oh yeah. You know what? I can see that outside of school. I think it might even be the same school. It looks very similar. So yeah, that probably is. I didn't even think of that. They recycle sets. Yeah. Um, Like when they went on the, on the mission where they were trying to find some part of a solar collection system. And one of Deanna's, sons went oh right that was actually the other side of this the building that they used for the prison oh wow it was the same set it was a prison set that just from another side or they made it so it didn't look like a prison anymore that's really cool i mean it makes sense that they would do that but yeah no it's interesting and they're and i think they've done that before where they'll use one side or the other of a set piece to be something completely different. I believe it. I am. Um, and I, I love it. Huh? I was just gonna, did you ever hear the show uh, Burn Notice that was on USA Network? Yeah, I heard of it. Mm-hmm. They filmed, um, I believe, in Coral Gables down in Miami. Um, and they had a, uh, is like an old convention center that they rented basically from Miami to film in. Um, and Miami Auditorium. It was, um, it was somewhere that they ended up demolishing after shooting. Um, it was kind of a smaller. Oh, oh yes, yes, yes. It was the old. It was yes. It was the old uh, Miami uh, arena. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Uh huh. 
but it was neat because they um they used like basically each entrance and facade of the building as a different set um and they had a regular like they had um i don't know if it was a cafeteria or maybe it was just meant like built for shooting um but they had like kind of a bar set up on one side of the building that they would use to film like it was the regular bar they would all go hang out at um one back entrance of it was like where uh the main character's loft was and like open up the doors and it was like a a stairway that led to just the outside of a building and that was the entrance to his uh house and like they used the the one building they had for like a bunch of different yeah, um, I remember. I remember right where that building is. It's right next to. I mean, it was basically right next to the metro rail, right downtown. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They. Uh, I th- I don't know if they had completed the American Airlines Arena, but it was by then. That's where all the stuff is now. Mm. But I think they used to have events at this this place. Yeah, I know exactly which place you're talking about. Because if I remember right, they actually um. They like it had to fight to extend the contract for one more year to do one more season because Miami wanted to demolish it. But, yeah, which um, they did. Yeah, but they they paid them enough money, I guess, and uh, yeah. they allowed them to stay there for one more year and finish up their show, and and then they yeah. broke it down. But, yeah, basically right downtown. But uh, similarly with Walking Dead, I imagine you know a show that's been filming basically in the same locations for nine years, uh-huh. you got to find different ways to repurpose different uh, locations. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it's neat that the uh, it's interesting to me that they're they're still filming in Georgia, but they can. Yeah. It's completely believable that it would be rural Virginia. Yeah. Even you know with the one paved road. I was just gonna say even when we see the one paved road and the the one uh, dusty road, you know, yeah. all the, same, the time. Same one. But you know they pass it off and they just put signs up and have different locations and we're like oh it's Virginia we'll okay shoot cool this tree from this angle. Yeah, that's a more Virginian angle on that tree. <laughs> or, or the clay, they make the clay look not so red, like in yeah. Georgia. <laughs> yeah, they do. They so try. It was it was interesting to me to find out again that dynamic of why she went all isolationist. Yeah. But I, you know, I I think the, the young actress that plays Judith, and I don't remember the actress's name, we'll just call her R- Young Ray. Okay. For <laughs> lack of a better word, because she plays the Young Ray in... The Force Awakens. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. In this flashback scene where her family leaves and she's sold to somebody on Jakku. Uh, I only remember that name because I just watched the movie the other day. But, Good for uh, you. Yes. I mean, that's better recall than I have. So. Yes. Yes. Jakku, that's a real shit. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> says you you, go you, back to Jakku. You're from. He you says you're like from out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> she says, yeah, I'm from Jakku. All right, yeah, that is out the middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, oh, but I thought the actress pulled off well the desire to, because remember when Michonne goes to talk to Negan mm. and she's like, he's like, she wants to do what Carl wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, great. I'm gonna have to listen to that garbage again. I didn't <laughs> like it when Carl did. I thought Carl, that's you know, that's nice of you, but that's just come on. It's if big. I think you're going where you're going with it, though, I I, I agree that she pulled it off better. Yes, Carl. I actually I actually connected with it, and I was like, you know what? I really think that she's she really expressed it in a way where you it's hard to argue when she says. Uh, we're family because we love each other and we take care of each other. When do we stop loving 
Ezekiel and Carol and all that. And especially seeing the contents of basically the whole episode play out before that scene, mm-hmm. you saw a, a scene from, you know, however long ago setting up how Michonne is now and uh, her and Judith early on in yeah. their getting to know each other right after Rick was gone. Mm-hmm. And then you see a setup scene now of her, you know, maternal instinct towards Judith and trying to be there for her. And then in this bonding scene at the end of the episode, she also delivered it. I think as you're saying better than Carl did, oh, um, yeah, you is. actually, and pro- part of it, let's be honest, probably is the fact that she's a cute young kid um, and has that quality to her. I don't know. I think she's probably a better actor than uh, right, yeah. yeah. I was trying to give the guy a little credit, but you're probably right. Um, but no, uh, it was really cool to see that um, she was able to deliver the message Carl was trying to deliver better than Carl did. Yeah. Um, and because of the way everything has progressed till now, it's finally getting heard. And that might move forward with, you know, our, our groups kind of reuniting. Um, well, I, I will say in, in uh, watching the next on scene mm-hmm. that that does play into it. Good. And they're also setting it up for what they want you to think is a major, how should we say, cast alteration. Oh, yeah. Um, I happen to, quite by accident, <laughs> peruse a little bit further along in the story in the book and I know that there's a in the book anyway there's a major character goes bye bye oh. as a result of interaction with the whispers and the the next on sort of sets up the scenario in which that might occur interesting but the description of episode 16 mentions after a devastating loss oh one so, community one community has to deal with a threat from without and another has to deal with a threat from within. So I'm like, okay, what does that mean? Let's just take a minute and acknowledge how smart they crafted that se- that little blurb because they literally said one community deals with this. They didn't give us any hints to who dies based on even which community they're from. Or yeah. Although, they gave us no context cues. Although, if they keep it you know, you were just telling me that Daryl uh, Norman Reedus says he wants to stay on the show forever. So I yeah. don't think it's going to be him. Although the next on suggests that's who they're. Oh, really? They're marking, yeah. And it's a. It has to do with Beta. Mm. Beta comes back and and has a confrontation with Daryl, um, with the rest of his people. That's in the next on. So I mean, anybody can see that now. So they're setting up a second fight between him and Daryl. Well, no, it's like they get surrounded, and oh, he, he's the Dexton says Beta basically tells him um, nobody else has to die, just you. Oh, and then it looks they make the, at least the trailer gives you the impression that um, uh, that Daryl decides to sacrifice himself for the protection of the others. Hmm. Obviously, that's the trailer, right? <laughs> I did, you know, the the very ending of this episode sets up where the two sentries from the Whispers found the kingdom and watched the carriage go inside mm-hmm. at the end. Yeah, that's right. So clearly it has something to do with 
with when they come back out for something. Hmm. But I don't know. Well, I didn't actually get to watch that yet, but I'm interested to see what the setup is for next week. Because I, I really liked I liked seeing more of the background of where we got to mm-hmm. now. You know, it frames everything a little bit for and us. And that's that's one of the I think that's one of the benefits of having a time jump of that size because there's a lot of story that you haven't told that you can go back and tell. Right. There's more material you can use. And that's why I'm I'm wondering what these movies are gonna be about, especially the one that if it's just one that involves Rick is obviously it's not something that happens in the if he meets them again it's not something that of course occurred in that six-year time jump it's really curious because all we know is that andrew lincoln and probably lauren cohen are going to come back for these movies um Uh, about lauren cohen too uh that's that was She's been saying things like, "I'm gonna, I'm willing to come back to Walking Dead. Uh, I, I want to do the movies, things like that." Yes, no yeah. confirmation. Yeah. Um, but we have barely any confirmation about anything yet, aside from Andrew Lincoln said he's gonna do them, and they said they're making them. As far as I know, they haven't even filmed it. Um, I think I think I read that they're going to start filming them very soon. Okay. But again, I don't know what that means. But who knows? Like, is it going to be just? Uh, you know, Andrew Lincoln and uh, Pauline and McIntosh and this whole new group they went to go see that we haven't really met on the show yet? Or, well, um, it, it's not, it doesn't look like it's George's people. Yeah. Because that's where Maggie, uh, they say Matt, that's where Maggie went to go live with George's people. Yeah. But I mean, who knows? Because to me, it felt like the implication was that it was George's people, but then we haven't heard anything else just because of the helicopter, basically. Um, I don't know where, I don't know. I just received volume 31. Mm. So that's about 10 volumes past. Well, I think they've shown up through basically volume 23. But volume 31 is stuff that's after whatever the big conflict is that's coming. Because the next episode's called The Calm Before. Oh. Obviously, they're setting up to some big war between I mean, yeah. Aspers and everybody else. Uh, but I know that there's this other thing called the Commonwealth that comes into play. And I think that's Georgie. So I don't know. I have a feeling they'll sort of do like a Michael Rosenberg and they'll bring Maggie and them back when they finally decide to wrap this thing up. Yeah. I mean, that would make the most sense, but they keep saying things like they plan on doing another spinoff and another up to 10 years of walking dead. And yes, yes, I'm sure. I mean, don't get wrong. The ratings are still solid for cable, but it's not anywhere near what they used to have. So I I don't, don't I'm wondering, I mean, my own interests wanes, waxes and wanes. Yeah. On this. And I'm like another 10 years. I don't know what they're going to have to really change things up. I mean, with the time jump, they kind of did that, but Hmm. I get, I, I go through each episode now, like, oh my god, will they get to the point here? And then they do; they deliver at the end, and I'm like, okay, I'm all right now. What I'm kind of hoping is whether or not this main conflict with the Whispers concludes the Whisperer story, or if they keep going next year. Um, oh, I, I don't think it concludes after sixteen. I think it goes into season ten. Okay, well, good. But I hope so. It's big. It's 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 longer from what i can tell in the volumes anyway it's even longer than 
uh, All Out War. Oh, All wow. Out War was event- basically All Out War was twelve issues. Okay. And then the whatever the and there was a, a le- Path to War, which was the six before that. So we're talking about eighteen issues over a year because uh, they did um, they did two issues a month. Oh, okay. For six months to do the whole All Out War. And then the other were, was an issue a month for six months. So they did a year that this one's even longer. Well, what I was getting at, it, I hope it does last longer. Cause I mean, it'd be kind of a waste if they just did the back half of one season or less with the whispers. Um, but I'm hoping it'll kind of coalesce these groups as it seems like they're getting to. And next season, will be a totally different beast like we haven't seen before because we'll finally have what they were trying to get to earlier on in the season was like the full community um, and see society starting to form again and um, things like that that could take it to a different level aside from just being, you know, one bigger, scarier person with a different tactic or bigger weapons or more people. You know, they they need to move on from that kind of thing. They go wrong to have, a villain, especially one as entrenched in the comics and as cool as the Whispers, um, a, villain, a villainous group, um, to kind of inspire the groups to come back together um, and motivate them. That could be really cool. Well, um, but yeah. after this, I really think they should move on from the big bad type thing. Yeah. Some, just to give you an example, mm. All Out War was volume 20 and 21 and path the war was volume 19. So that's a total of 18 issues. Right? Okay. The whole, the whispers thing starts volume 22 volume 27 is called the whisper war. Oh, wow. So you're talking 36 issues just on that. And that's 36 issues is equal to three years of yeah. production. Cause they do one issue a month. So that's three years. Even well, if they did the Whisper War like they did All Out War and made that two issues a month, that's still at least like two and a half years, three years of just oh, yes. comics. Yep. Wow. Yeah, that's 36 just on that. Wow. And then, you know, there's there's other aspects to Negan coming in there because there's a power play Negan apparently makes in the, in the comic book story. Hmm. I don't know what happens, how they adapt that in the in the show. Yeah. But uh, they also, I don't know if I mentioned, they did a standalone graphic novel called Here's Negan. Which oh, is, yeah. I never read that. Story. Yeah, I've got that. I haven't read it either. It's still in the shrink wrap, actually. Hmm. From when I bought it a year ago or something. Mm-hmm. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, and they're up, they're up to volume 31. So they're already, they're already two years past the Whisper War. So this, the, the, the All Out War ended in like 2014. Wow. Yeah, and then... I didn't realize it was that long. The Whisperer War was two years ago. They're already two years beyond that. Wow. So, plus whatever individual issues they've they've come up with. I, I read it as an individual issues for a little while in 2013, but then I got too busy. And I just really enjoy reading them six at a time. <laughs> so I've got all 31 volumes. Wow. Yep. I started buying them as soon as I, you know, I, I got lucky. I got up through volume 10, checking them out of the library. And then I just decided I wanted to own them. And so I went and started buying them 
one at a time. Hmm. Starting seven years ago. And so now every six months I get the new volume. Of course I haven't read the, <laughs> I haven't read any in, in like, Oh shit. Five years. <laughs> at least. Yeah. yeah. It's probably been about the same for me. Well, let's see. There was a the little conversation with Negan, which didn't really do anything for me. Um, where you have the expected reaction. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why somebody just doesn't like smack him around, like going like poke him through the bars. Mm -hmm. Because they're afraid he'll take it away from them. The stick. Yeah. Yeah. She clearly hates him. Oh yeah, for sure. That's obvious. Why not? Yeah. I don't know. I'd keep him isolated. If it were me. (laughs) No windows. Too. Yeah, but yeah. somebody's got to take care of them. So, generally, I thought the use of the flashback was very good. You mentioned like a duality mm-hmm. element. I thought that was very well done. And as a character building episode, I really thought this had a lot of good elements to fill in a lot of gaps in our knowledge. But uh, I, I liked it. I, I just don't. I just, I still can't get behind the whole idea of sympathy for Lydia. I don't trust her, and I think it's. I think it's a. I'm still not convinced that it's not. She's not playing like a double agent. Yeah. For her mom. I agree. I'm with you on there. But we'll see. I'm intrigued to see what happens next, and I yeah, with two more episodes, and that's it. Yeah, I mean it's been a crazy ride up until here. <laughs> um, but it'll be interesting to see how they end the season and if it gives us any glimpse of the future that actually excites us aside from just, you know, the, the stuff we've come to expect. I really hope they not necessarily do something different, but at least show us that something different is coming. You know, that there it's, it's not just going to be more of just interpersonal filler and whispers next year. You know, I want, I want to see real progression and change and um, yeah. something to freshen it up for us a little bit. It's one of the things they said was a problem with the Don Draper character on Mad Men mm. that everybody else on that show changed, but not him. He was exactly <laughs> the same douche that he was in the pilot. I remember actually um, Hugh Laurie from house said a similar thing about house. He was um, when he played the character, he was yeah. such a uh, angry uh uh, melancholy type person. I don't know how to describe it, I, but you get what yeah. I'm getting at. Yep. Um, but such a grump that uh, fans would always say, oh, you should change him. You should give him something to make him happy. You should do this, do that. And he's like, but you got to realize you love the show for House being the way it is. If you give him happiness or a relationship or anything like that, he, he won't be him anymore. That'll, yeah. you know, it'll change the character. It'll change the whole show. Yeah. So he has to stay miserable and, you know, angry and hateful. <laughs> Condescending. Yes. Yeah. That's all part of what makes him him. So it's if so you change amazing. the formula too much, it'll ruin it. But It's so amazing. The two roles that I'm most familiar with him is uh, that, and then he played this uh, senator on Veep. Oh, okay. And he, I'm just, it's, it's hard for me to make the connection <laughs> that he's British. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't seen him on Veep yet, but his accents, 
did, did you ever hear the story? Maybe I've told you. It's one of my favorite stories about Brian Singer uh, watching his uh, uh, audition tape for House. No. Brian Singer was the he developed House and or helped had a hand in it anyway and produced it. Um, yeah, and um, you they mean had Brian a bunch Singer of, from the X Men. Yeah, okay. yeah, director Brian Singer. Yeah, he um he was uh, one of the main producers of it. And when they were getting in auditions, um, Hugh Laurie was in England at the time and couldn't make it over, so he sent in a tape. And they were watching all the tapes, you know, sent in uh, uh, auditions. And when Hugh Laurie's came up, Brian Singer pointed it out, pointed him out as as a specific example of a quality American actor. And he said that like you don't get these American actors anymore. He's such a good, you know, we need more talent like this from this country or something like that. And they're like, actually, sir, he's he's British. He's he's doing an American accent. No and, way. He fooled him in the audition tape and, and pointed him out as, as specifically a great American actor. Um, so, like, it, yeah, that was funny. That is. Uh, <laughs> it's one of my favorite uh, stories. Laura Frazier, hmm. who, um, if you've ever seen Breaking Bad, she played a character in the final season. Oh, okay. Breaking Bad, an executive for this this uh, chemical company or the, the executive that she was a logistics person for a company that. Hmm in addition to having what she did with um, machine parts and all that, it also had to do with a whole range of, of industries that it oversaw. And you'd never know that she's Scottish. Oh, wow. From the way she does just a perfect American accent. You'd never know. Hmm. And her accent is so perfect. I mean, there's not even a, a lilt. There's not even a hint that she's not American. Hmm. It's interesting to see where the scars actually came from, that it was literally just a brand. Yes, I was saying it looked like branding before, yeah. but, but I wasn't quite sure because there seems to be more on Daryl. And I assumed it would be um, when they were showing the kids working with the knives and things like that, and we didn't really know what was going on before they showed the whole reveal. I assumed it was going to be some sort of like... um either cannibalism or some sort of like a organ harvesting kind of thing. Yeah. Or maybe she was like training the kids with knives or something like that. I didn't know where they were going with it, but then the show just being a brand, like it was kind of yeah. interesting and added a lot of tension to the scene, especially yeah, you know, with the pregnant Michonne and all right. that. I didn't really understand what the branding was for, but it's some kind of mark. I guess. Brand. I mean, that was kind of the only point that was weak on it was they didn't, really didn't explain at all how it seems more like it was a ritual that you had them go through to yeah. some level of dominance over those that they considered weaker than them. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That, that was a little convenient, but yeah. And that, it, it was that interesting was, to see where it came right. from. That was my whole, the only thing I didn't like, it seemed that they wrapped it up too soon. And it was sort of like the entire thing about how Nick Fury lost his eye. Yeah. <laughs> Without saying what that is. Just yeah. No, I understand. Yeah. Anticlimactic and underwhelming. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess it is really kind of the same, how huh? like you're like, oh, okay, that's how that happened. But it's kind of underwhelming. Like it, it's neat to finally know, but then it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it was. Yeah. No, I, I, it was good to, to figure it out, but I was a little disappointed there wasn't more to it. Although... I guess really in the end, it does give us kind of what we really expected and wanted out of it was to show why her and Daryl have a deeper connection and understanding. And um, 
it shows what they went through together to get there. You know, so it it's it's a lingering symbol. But they, but they, they also through. right. They also could have done that just with the what they did at the very beginning, where they were both out spent an, a, an incredible amount of time looking for Rick together. Yeah, true. <laughs> and they could have had there could have been some adventure involved with that, but of course she was pregnant, so that wouldn't have worked. Well, I mean, maybe there was, because they made it seem like, through that one conversation her and Daryl had, that they had both been patrolling together and separately constantly until yeah. she got too pregnant where she had to pull out. Yeah. Um, and also, like, they had that little uh, back and as, forth where she as, said that she, she can't handle being alone, yeah. but he's as, comfortable with it, you know, so it's kind of... Apparently, as opposed to Rick, who did not pull out. <laughs> good one. <laughs> That was pretty good. I did not expect that. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, see, you still got it. You're almost 50. You still got some humor in you. Yes, I am. Yeah, <laughs> yeah 36 minutes. Yeah. Well, you don't look a day over 48, so yeah, you got that going for you. That was 49 and a half. Or so. <laughs> so. 49 and a half. Yes. 49 and three quarters. But who's counting? Nah, not me. So, yeah. All right, well, I uh, we I think we've covered all the bases on our scar so i'm eager to see what happens next same here two more episodes left to finish off the season i hope they set up something good and then we'll be in texas again if we yeah through with the next show i don't even know when that show comes back on so that's it for this episode uh comments and feedback by emailing us at twdpodcast at gmail.com or by posting a comment on the facebook page it's still on Facebook until it gets shut down, hopefully. So, yeah, Facebook. Some, someday, hopefully. Yeah, Facebook. Yeah. I'm not wearing it. any Batman underwear. All right. <laughs> Underwears. Yeah. yeah. So stay safe wherever you are, especially if you're out in the woods looking for your daughter. Yeah, that's a, a good place Armed to have yeah. with a sword. Yeah, staying safe is always a, a good thing. Yeah. I really like to to one last point. I really like the way that they both mm. replicated the same move when they were stabbing. Like when Michonne stabs Jocelyn, it's on top of her with the thrust. Yeah. Then then Judas, same thing at that one zombie at the end, stab. You know, I didn't even fully process that, but I really liked that too. And I, I now that you say that, that's totally why I liked it. Cause they literally it reminded me of um in Logan, where you saw uh, the the child X twenty three do the same moves he did as Wolverine. Um, I don't know if you've seen that movie. You don't. I you have. Okay. I have. <laughs> yeah. I was letting um, you finish. Okay. I wasn't sure. You were kind of quiet, so I just wanted to make sure I wasn't spoiling anything. For I you. was just. I was really impressed by the fact that you remember that the character's name is X twenty three. Oh yeah. Instead of the little girl with the spikes that come out of her shoes. <laughs> um, I don't remember what her character's name was. The the human, but whatever. It doesn't matter. Maria. Um, Maria. That sounds right. Um, but yeah, she, uh, it was cool. Cause like, you know, right after Wolverine did a jump over someone's back and stabbed them, then she did the same thing. And it was like a lot of the same motions and mimicked movements. Um, and it really shows how much an impact Michonne has had on her. You know, that was such a good movie too. What a great, it really Logan honestly was really, it's excellent. in the top five superhero movies of all time. It I don't really know, where, good. but it's, it's up there. Great movie. Re- really well done. Definitely. Yes. Perfect every, send-off for him. Every way that Aqua Dude was not. Anyway. Don't remind me about the octopus uh, playing drums uh, either. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> said, I mean, come on. It has an octopus playing drums. 
Like it wasn't, you know, goofy and, you know, cheesy enough. Like they could have pulled off it. And then really an octopus playing the drums. Like, uh, okay. It was like the cafeteria at the magic kingdoms future or whatever the section is. What is that called? Tomorrowland? Tomorrowland, yeah. It's like the cafeteria at Tomorrowland where they have the <laughs> alien, you know, guy on the piano. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's an animatronic thing, and he, he's yeah. like a, a lounge lizard telling these really bad jokes. Yep. <laughs> while yeah. you're eating your overpriced food. Yeah, your $18 chicken tenders and french fries. Yeah, that are like been up there for three days. Yeah, they're just like cafeteria food. It's Disney. But it's Disney, man. Anyway, there's never been a better time to be... A nerd! Yes. Whether without the big football. Hike? Yes. So that's out of order. So stay safe wherever you are, and we'll be back here for the next... Our next episode. Now you do the... Hike! There you go. Touchdown. Happy birthday, Scott. (sighs) Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Sorry you can't be down here to go to the dinner. Yeah, I, I, I would come. And I would laugh at you and have a good time. A little bit of a drive for Tarasco. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. I will have a second piece Ooh. of Tarasco in your honor. Tarasco's worth it. Yeah, enjoy the Tarasco. It's that... a Nicar- Nicaraguan Tarasco, too. Oh, boy. I love that stuff, man. I, I, when, um, uh, I forget where they – I think it was Argentinian Tarasco. I've oh, had that in Aruba. That's good, too. Oh, so good. It's the first time I had Tarasco, and ever since, whenever we go to that restaurant down there, I always get their Tarasco. It's – Amazing. Oh, yes. Yes. That's Good great. stuff. Oh, yes. Yes. Indeed. So tender. Yes. That's this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, man. Do that tomorrow.